does good forever guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode and he's here he is here cristiano has entered the building Yes, guys, welcome to this episode of Sculptor Podcast. Today, we have Tim Fred here and... Tim, thank you so much for your time today. It is an honor to have you on, speak with you, to to learn more about you and to understand a bit about your journey and how we see the man in front of us today and to talk about where you want to go in the future as well. So if you could give a quick introduction to our listeners, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. so in a search, like, aha, I live here in Miami. I am a salesperson. Uh, by trade, that's basically what I do. I've had a few obsessions in my life. I competed in mixed martial arts for a few years. I've ran uh, ultra marathons, three one hundred mile ultra marathons. Got officially. I'd like to just take my phone and the credit card. Wow. Um, yeah, that's basically the background. I've been a top performance salesperson. I fall off the wagon. Uh, I had a kind of bad position at competing as a. That's amazing. So there's quite a lot of competition there. Sounds like in terms of all aspects. Besides so sales, that it, it, it works perfect for me. I went I went to university to marketing, and uh, in one month I had three different people tell me, "Tim, you should probably try sales. You would be good at sales." And if three, I, I always, if you hear it, three times. I found, uh, I found the CEO of a company through a mentor with one of the programs. I was like, I saw that he was looking for employees. So I saw that someone had got the opportunity and they followed it. And I said, I took a video and sent it to the CEO and offered that I could help this company. I th- I feel like I do very well as a salesperson for him. They flew me out to Miami for a little zero. I came out, did good about all the interview because I got a call back and moved out about two weeks later to Miami. This was three years ago. And I had found that so was way very competitive. Uh, sorry, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the business world for athletes. So the synergy between sports and sales is very, very similar. There's constant cycles, there's runners, there's losers, there's points, there's scores, there's results. And, uh, and it. Yeah. Order that we got to live in numbers. So it's very competitive. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And actually, even even you saying how it's the like sports equivalent in business, I think Tim Grover, I remember seeing something like that he actually mentioned saying that his business guys, there is no off season. It's harder being one of these guys than some of the athletes. And yeah, I think that it's something that a lot of athletes probably could even transition to because it's something that they would relate to if they're if they're not if they're not done with their competition. And it's interesting, right, for you when um, with your MMA, right? That's also very competitive. It's very responsive competitiveness. You know, it's instant feedback. I think, you know, getting punched in the face. It's uh, a very, very different form of um, competition compared to, for example, football for myself, soccer, uh, 90 minutes of competition. And then even the position that I play, I, I'm a goalkeeper and I'm only responding to other people's reactions. So it's a uh, the crazy world sports and then in business it's even crazier i think but yeah it's um very interesting yeah and the mics that of all that you know but the mind goes that that's what's so great about grover and i'm sure we'll talk about that at some point but um he, he, yeah i've read so much about it's the mindset that you need to go you can be defeated i can be defeated before i even show up to the office 
you know, I could be defeated before I even get on the sales pitch and pitch these people when was not ready. I could also be in a play position of feeling very confident and have done my, my daily consistent habits to attack my mind optimal for that or for the soccer day, uh, the mind games you got your competition, maybe the other team that's going to say mean things about you and before the game and you're about it. Well, there's all these different ways of the wide games yeah, come into play as well. And um, it's very interesting and very exciting to learn you know, this morning, which pitfalls are the things that can get into your mind and understand them and they minimize them as much as possible and then get to observe yourself become better and better beer as a competitor or whatever you do with soccer or sales for Yeah, hundred percent. And that's actually exactly what I call sculpting, which is the name of the podcast. And it's it's getting to the closest version of your best self and, and it's going through the preparation and doing that due diligence to get there. So it's um it's a massive process and something that is shared between athletes and the business world quite closely, I think. But with that, I want to go into the 10 quick fire questions for you. And you've already gone through a little bit, but we can go through the first one, which is what's your favorite sport to watch or play? Okay, so used to be football. My, my father is a... Pittsburgh Steelers fan, one of my favorite rallies. There was, uh, we got to go to uh, a Steelers game together. So it used to be football, but I don't watch any sports at all anymore. I have not seen one NFL go with here, but I do watch MMA. So MMA rarely looks there's a really good boxing match. I just happen to be somewhere where it's on. I'll sit and watch it. Um, and even the MMA, I haven't had time to watch it. And when I say MMA, I'm referring to mainly the UFC, but there's also plenty promotions, but for me, it's, uh, it's the UFC. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And who is your sport hero or role model? This could have been also when you were younger. It really seems like a king. It was Michael Jordan. Uh, I'm a big fan of John Jones. I'm a big fan of John Jones. I love John Jones a lot, but when it comes to someone that just kind of it, it almost blows my mind how they could be that iconic uh it's gotta be michael jordan i was expecting that huh? yep i like heavy a lot yeah awesome <laughs> too, uh, you know i had a nightmare <laughs> yeah awesome all right if you could attend any major sporting event, which one would it be? It actually might be the Super Cup. Okay. And um, I'm not just saying that to appease you. I, cool. like, uh, it was like an off-season soccer game when I was in London, and it felt like I was at a playoff game in America. Like, the, the way the fans go for a soccer game, it was so cool to be a part of. And it was open at while. Okay. Yeah. You know, haters were even yelling at each other to the cyber side, but they were so engaged with the game. It was, a, it was amazing to be a part of that. So I was just... Different level. UFC events. So you're saying one UFC. It would be it would probably be the people will tell that it's not. It would be uh a heavyweight fight, Joan Jones versus Francis Gowney, but not Awesome. Yeah, the World Cup would be crazy. What games did you watch in, in London? It was Leeds. Yeah. I believe it was Leeds versus um, Arsenal. Okay. Interesting. I, that's not even a crazy rivalry, so I'm surprised that it was even that hectic. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. All right, what's the last book that you have read or listened to? I'm currently listening to a book that Carson and Marish. Uh, I don't want to get the author's name on it. I believe it's Nate Sosa, but... Uh, 
that some of the thing that we want to check that book out that could verify the author. Uh, but it's called The Confident Mind. And it's been extremely helpful to me. That was recommended to me by my coach and mentor while I'm working with her, you know. And um, well, it, it's an entire what the book's about. But it's just the different ways that confidence we're living the beliefs. Uh, and how to be, and what I like about the book is it's tailored to high performance athletes, but this guy was working with NFL players, soccer players, uh, Olympic athletes. So it's very much tailored to that athlete's mindset of competition, the, the mental war that we have to deal with, and how to get the most confident mode you can while playing those arenas. Uh, and that's. Very interesting. It sounds like a good book. I actually haven't heard of it, so I might I might check that one out. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite quote? Do I have a favorite quote? Tell you a quote that I heard this morning, and it's: "If you have a hero, you can only ever be second place." I believe the quote is. If you have a hero, the best you can ever be. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. I think um, that's even something I've had to come to terms with. Like, you can't put people on such a high pedestal if you want to be above them or even like them. And it's it's definitely, I haven't even heard of that a quote like that, but that's something that I also... Um, have have started to believe in a, a lot more recently, which I I like that one a lot. Um, what is it like being in your shoes for an average day? Say it was so. I'm gonna, you know, so if I don't win, it's fourteen hundred and forty minutes in the day. I don't win fourteen hundred and seven. The only show. So my average day is from. I wake up at 4.30, uh, I get on my heels, I listen. I have my own meal, I can chill. I get home, I get ready quick, I'm at work by 8. I usually stay till 7 p.m. I'll have, I'll either stay till about 7 p.m. have a meeting after, if not, I go all, I take a walk with no phone or anything. And uh, I get like I'm in bed by 1 p.m. I'm on a very regimented, cycle right now that's a dang life i like it i like it uh, i don't think exciting is necessarily a good thing i i think my life of traveling at the moment with with trying to find a new place to live all of this for other people they might find this exciting but i'm i'm waiting to get back into that horrible feeling of waking up and then realizing no it's not a horrible feeling i'm ready to conquer the world that's 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 what i really love it's just that monotonous feeling of repetition and 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 pain almost. I actually I actually strive for that a lot. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that? When you wake up in the morning and and, and it sucks and you feel like shit, you're supposed to. So what I found out is you actually you actually have to get your your body oxidized. You have to get the oxygen flowing for you to actually eat if you look good. So we can only. It's very easy to wake up pissed and frustrated. It's like that. Nothing needed. You could just wake up like that. So get happy. You have to get going and get your body to actually create that blood flow. I don't know the science of it. I don't... You know it works. See, I see it's true every time I get the gym. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right. If you could meet any athlete or coach, who would it be? And what would you ask them? Like a joint. You know, the assassin knows. Brilliant. All right. What is the most valuable lesson that you've learned from sports or just general self-development and improvement? Is it worth it? I've had many points to life broke down very frustrated taking I'm doing something wrong. Why don't I have all the answers yet? Uh why why don't why do I keep having a struggle? Will the will the problems ever stop? Am I doing this right? So on and so forth. Uh, why? 
these mistakes can be so painful, the humiliation, the the coming into something being brand new, and the the, the humility and all this, so that you have to endure to to develop those skills and fall down in front of people and, and make the wrong career choices and all this stuff. Um, but I always end up coming to a place where I'm I'm glad I went for it, even if it went wrong. And um, I'm sorry that you got a long-winded, vague answer, but the simplest way to put it is... No, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, brilliant. Um, do you have any fitness or health goals that you're currently working on? Look how you get chopped up. I've always, I've never worked out for physical areas. I've always hit the gym on run. Because I'm an addict and I like running, I like the way I, I call them going on fun. So I go out and I go on fun church journeys. I, I just start running in a direction and I keep going for a long time. When I work out, I lift really heavy things. Um, that's how I used to do it, but there was never a plan to it. So, yes, now I am working out a very, uh, I have specific macros and a specific diet I'm on, have specific workouts I'm doing. I would like to have a visible six pack. Because I've never really had that in my life. So, like, why not? Why, why? Let's see what it feels like. Let's see what it feels like. And just... Yeah. So, that's what I'm working on right now. 205 pounds uh, 28 days ago. I'm now 196. I woke up this morning. I'm down 9 pounds. I'll see how I look around 185. At it. Amazing. Wow. All right. Now, if you could compete in any professional sport, or we can even expand on that. If you could compete at any level, whether it's in business, sports, what would you do if there was no limitations on you ever? I can't public speaker. I can't public speaker. You know, my inkling was like the UFC, and I do love fighting, but at a certain point, my mission is kind of to help people. It's whatever the opposite of what I was doing at my lowest point, and at my lowest point, I was thinking only of myself and helping another one. In fact, I was a burden to other people. So what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is helping lots of people. So I would be... Uh, a public speaker because that's a very competitive. I'll tell you, I spoke once how I had a compass and I got the same exact butterflies that I did before. Yeah, it's competitive. Other people are there to get the attention of the crowd, so it's to have their name and their message be the one that resonates and works. And uh, I could see that those are very competitive fields, so I would love to. I like to become a master at that at some point in my life. And I never thought about this or said this in my life. I'm just, this is just an impulse response to what you just said. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's, I did see that you had done uh, the speech, this, well, I guess the speech before. So, yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. I haven't, I haven't even heard of anyone necessarily speak about that in a competitive way, but that does make a lot of sense, yeah. It's just like Canadian solos, or only one out. You're going out to ever. You, you want to win the crowd. You want to make sure that you 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 you, you get your message across. It resonates with people instead of all a feeling. Something that gets them to change. Something to think about. And other people are looking to do the same exact thing. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's an unspoken thing, but that's a great. Yeah, awesome. Well. Let's go into part one. Now, I'm still relatively young, and my journey is quite often an exception from most. Um, but talking about your journey, what was it like growing up at your your age when you were in? Um, I'm not too sure where you were before you moved to Miami, but. Um, tell us a little bit about your early life. I was born and raised in New Jersey, 
did. My father was a pastor of a Baptist church, Pastor Fran. Uh, I was raised in that. Um, it was majority way in childhood. We moved to California when I was about some people are like when i was seven years old i'm clueless as well yeah yeah sam we reached california uh we moved to rabbit a few times we really moved to mission we did a lot of things we did a lot of moving my dad was not military as i mentioned he was a pastor but if you liked and moved we would pack everything up in a pesky truck and and move and move together and move together. So we wow. Eventually, he stayed in California. My dad was a pastor of a church on our Indian reservation, Alania Indian reservation. Oh, that was an interesting time period in my life. About a doubt, definitely showing the laws of who I am. It was an intense period of my life. I was exposed to a lot of different things. Um, I would have had a lot of bad idiots. I was exposed to a lot of different things, bad idiots, drugs, to kind of gay culture behavior to the beautiful side of the culture. And uh, that was like all in a period of my life. I went to a high school and I ended up getting expelled because um, we had a fight club that we had organized. I got in several fights. It was a very... It was a great state or the child of my high school was it. Um, and I got in a few fights and I was destroyed out was uh, called Ocello, Um as part of the fight club that we had started in, in the bus yard at the school, which probably was the last for this idea ever. And they, ex they expelled me from that school so not long after that my my other brother as well so getting in some trouble yeah we were just a bit misguided and uh, i decided to move so we moved to ohio and i went to high school uh in ohio and then i went to college at chess state university and um you know there's a lot of stuff that kind of skipped over there one my childhood was very interested. Uh, I was constantly the new kid in school. So I was always a that dirty kid. The still part of some codes, you know, uh, the, the girls are like, who's this new guy? You know, it's Addison Pros in that area, but the guys are like, who's this new guy? And that's some code over there. And you know, the name is like, but I'm all here. So constantly being a new kid in school, constantly having to make new friends. Absolutely happy to say goodbye to my friends when you're young. That's like a big deal. It's like, Dad, I just made friends and I have to say bye to them already. Yeah, so we were always moving. Yeah, I was always in the new school, obviously. But being a white kid out of the Indian reservation was, uh, was an interesting experience. I was being exposed to a lot of the other darker side. Walsh and the Summers was just most definitely part of my childhood. And, um, and there was some personal stuff too with family, but all in all, it was intense and in a, in a very interesting way. And then, you know, like a little while ago, and then I go to college. Oh, uh, that was a journey for me as well. Uh, I struggled with um, addiction maintenance in, in college, just just not really admitting that, that I had issues with it and doing my best to get through college. and. It wasn't a straight to a clear journey. I definitely made a lot of mistakes there. I learned a lot. I was the first person in my family to even go to college. Wow. And shortly after that, I was looking for jobs in Ohio. Like, I couldn't land a job. And it was, first of all, it was jobs that my interest. I remember I was grabbing home one day to our, to our home. And they basically yelled, so I'm a telling kind of like a boxer. So, and I don't wonder. I can't find the job. There's nothing going on here. Like, there's no comments. There, there's nothing going on here. And that's what I realized. If I want to break out of this small tone mentality that I grew up in, I had, basically, I was very aware that my mind was probably corrupted by just 
you know, we always grew up pretty low where you come small play with how they always get a bit out of that. I'm like, I got to break out of this and probably start finding a job in a different state. So I had my eyes down. So we're still, it was either uh, Arizona, California. I actually got like a certain. Wow. I was like, I want to go somewhere sunny. I'm tired of so I want sunny and I want to get out of here. I want to go somewhere with things are happening. And. You covered you covered everything which I wanted to go over because that then helps me go into um a question that I have about your 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 father even. So when you were going from uh, place to place, you know, you're moving as a young, young child. It's something that I also have done. I've, I've moved houses every six months for the past four years. And that's because of football. Um, so I know what it's like to be the new kid at school. I've been the new kid at school in Australia schools. I've been the new kid at the school next door. And then I've also been the new kid at a school where you don't speak the language. And yeah, it's, it's a wild, very weird experience and also i had never ever moved schools prior to that so my whole childhood before i was always looking at the new kids coming in and thinking oh that's i kind of hate to be that kid and then i ended up being that kid but yeah it's um it's a weird experience but when you're when you're going you're moving and then when you're a little bit older you said that for example a fire club you get expelled your father being a bishop was that right Awesome. Okay. So how did, how did he respond to that? And how did he navigate that? Cause he said that you then moved again. So what was, what was that like at the time for you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, my driver is a disciplinary. So I grew up in cheer with my father. Um, because he, he was, he, he was. It was a disciplinary. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but there was certain things where I assume that's going to be the shit. I mean, when he finds out about this, I'm in the principal's office. He's getting called. And he's going to find out I'm expelled. But there were certain things in my life where I saw my dad react a bit differently to that. Where like, I think she understood, like, okay, what's going on with Jerry? Is this environment that he's good for him? For the first time, it wasn't. And I always used to get mad at my dad because he would always. Finish his being a dog and made a teaching about responsibility. But at the same point, when he realized that it was that I probably needed help. I guess now that I tell you looking back, because he didn't discipline me for it. It wasn't when I was expected. I was like, absolute fear. It was going to be bad. It was going to be bad. Oh, it wasn't bad. It said, it said, he, you know, with this issue, so we need to change fire on this. We need to get you out of here. It was a bit more patient when I guess the situation was out there. There I uh, his response changed a little bit rather than just like, all right, time to discipline you. Yes. I, I'm not there, I don't know what it's logical, but he was actually thinking, I just know at a certain point, his response to Mario's behavior changed. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And when you were, so you went to college and you, you mentioned that um there was a few things in college right and and a few things that you probably regret now and we don't have to go into that specifically but what was it that flipped that switch for you because now i mean i'm I'm looking at and i'm speaking with tim fred right now and from what i have heard about the the younger version of tim fred it's it's okay the you know the obsession for results the com the competition probably is still there but i think that it's in a different light now Right, so what was the switch for you? The switch was like 
That's a crazy story, and um, I honestly haven't actually heard even a, a story a story like that. So, uh, first of all, thanks, thank you for the vulnerability on the, on this episode. It, it, it's commendable in that sense as well. So, um, yeah, I think I, I like the point that you mentioned how it's it's a concept that either you like run away from or you are shocked by it, and something that I actually think takes a lot of difficulty to do is to actually have an awareness of that being uh mortality i think the word is um to where you have a hypersensitive awareness to 
there is an end to it. And it takes a lot of self-awareness to wake up every day thinking, today, I'm grateful. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Now, of course, there, there will be people who have that way of thinking. And I actually do believe that for myself. A big reason why I do work so hard every single day is because I'm always grateful for today because I don't know that tomorrow is guaranteed. But for you, you had that kit you, which is tougher than doing it the way that I have or the way that, um, for example, the people who are hiding it because they probably won't even realize because it's already hit them. So it's it's a very, for you, it was life-changing. For me, it's changing my life every day. And at the end, I think you kind of mentioned how at the moment, everything's good. And I think that this will probably be more of a consistent trend for you where there is more good than bad because now you've dealt with the bad and you realize that you can start to control more of the good, if that makes sense. Is that, am I right with, with saying that? make sense because you're so aware of it which is very important because without that awareness that doesn't allow you to improve it which uh, and there's a, there's a saying you can't improve what you don't track or manage and that's very important that at the time you didn't have that awareness which is why you maybe couldn't have improved it but upon reflection to where you have a point where you're forced to reflect which for you would have been the time where you had this you know near-death experience it forced you to reflect and maybe it wasn't immediate because it's such a scary thing. The, the way you described it, right? You said that this was before college and, and, and even in college you still suffered, but it's this moment that still rings true to you and it probably still rings true to a lot of things that you do today. The reason why you may be so um, competitive is because of specific things and, and there's so many different reasons where they interwine together, but it comes through this heightened level of self-awareness, I believe. That's very, very true. And I'm, I'm very glad that also, again, you have the awareness to then take the responsibility for it. Um, now, with, with that, you mentioned your personality being very addictive. And something that I can completely relate to you on that is that if you ask any anybody who I've worked with in the last five years and you ask them probably the most um, obvious 
attribute that I have, it would probably be addictive. Now, I have set boundaries from a very young age so that I it's either black or white for me. Either I do everything or I do absolutely nothing. Now, I've had these barriers because I always knew this was my personality type. But for you, how have you started to change and manage the addiction from being something that now I'm not saying it was negative to where it's life destroying, but if if it was hindering you, how how was you how were you able to then turn that into a positive? Be okay with, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you will, by the way. I don't think you will, by the way. Do what 
Uh, I really like your point how you you even said this prior where you realize that everything that hinders you, you do the opposite of. And then you also mentioned that when you were at your lo- lowest, it was because of you're only focusing on yourself. And when you're at the highest, you do everything the opposite, which I, I really do relate with you on. And I think that we could have a whole nother conversation about addiction because I see that you also have that. And when we talk about people like Tim Grover, when I remember the first time that I read Relentless, I think it was saying how you don't, you might not understand this and you probably shouldn't. And the people who do, they know, they understand. And when you do understand and you think, oh, I'm not the only crazy one, then there's method to the madness. And when you start realizing there's method to the madness, you're not the only one, you're like, right, I'm here now. I understand. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> so, And it's funny that you say that because even what you mentioned before, how people are saying, you know, slow down, you know, the addiction's like taking control of you almost. They're telling you, you know, relax. I have always said to my parents, okay, thank you, but I'm not going to listen to you. The only person who I will ever listen to is Tim Grover. And until Tim Grover tells me I'm doing too much, then I'm not doing enough. And I'm still waiting for that day. And that's, I'm, I'm only going to listen to him because he's the only one that I trust on that level. Because when you're working with the greats, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, I believe he's still working with some of the soccer players in England. Um, that's someone who I trust. Now, of course, I trust my parents, but I don't trust my parents for becoming for becoming the best athlete in the world because my parents are the best athletes in the world. Um, so I'm going to listen to the guy who knows how to do it, which is Tim Grover. But um, I'm very aware of the time. Um, so I want, to, I want to go into the last question that I've got for you, Tim, which is what are three ways that you sculpt yourself on a daily basis? And you've already kind of mentioned how you've got your early mornings, you do your, um, your workout early. But what are the three things that you do every single day to sculpt yourself? Some people call it meditation. 
That's very, very, very sound and powerful, I think. And I'm glad that you actually have these three things consistent every single day because the reflection, you have a lot of reflection in there, which helps with self-awareness. And I believe that when you're very self-aware, you are able to stay in alignment with where you want to go much more consistently because you're able to identify patterns. And when you're able to identify patterns, you don't steer away too much you might go down a you know a bit of a pile but you've got this self-awareness that keeps you down and it keeps you in alignment with where you want to go which i think is um very very important but um Tim, thank you so much for your time today uh, i really appreciate you know the hour that we've had uh many 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 things that we've covered and i i think there's so many valuable things in here for our listeners because you know there will be people who are probably also addicted and they might not know how to take control of their addictions. And you are the prime example of someone actually take re, re-controlling their addictions. For me, it's very easy because I've never had that where I've never, I've never needed to take control of it because I've always put the boundaries there. But for someone who, and, and that's, that's an exception. I don't think most people are like that. I think most people would be similar to you who are, uh, I think even with addictions, there would be most people, I think, can't control them from a young age so i I appreciate the vulnerability i appreciate the time it was excellent to sit down with you today thank you so much for having this conversation as well i very much appreciate it yeah 100 well tim again thank you so much and yeah it was a it was an awesome episode thank you perfect